Support comes from Empower Missouri's Week of Action with in-person and virtual advocacy training for affordable housing, criminal justice, and food security initiatives, March 25th through 28th. Registration at empowermissouri.org WOA. St. Louis Public Radio's The Gateway gives you the day's news first thing every weekday morning. From the ever-evolving relationship between St. Louis City and County to developments in the Missouri and Illinois state capitals and reports from our correspondents in Rolla and the Metro East, we put it all in a roughly 10-minute package with clarity and context. Download The Gateway wherever you get podcasts. The relationship between St. Louis County Council Chair Rita Days and County Executive Sam Page has been frosty, to say the least. But the First District Councilwoman says she'll continue to reach out and communicate with Page to make sure the business of the county gets done. Days joins us next on the latest episode of Politically Speaking. Let's hit the music. This is the Politically Speaking podcast, the definitive show about Missouri politics. We have to talk about things that matter to people. I've tried to bring that same aggressive iconoclast style with me to uh, the United States Senate. I think my district is a model for the state. We put Missourians first. You just kind of have to find the common ground with people. I believe that this district deserves someone who represents their values. After I came back to St. Louis, I started thinking that I could have a bigger role on the change that I wanted to make. And welcome to Politically Speaking. I'm your host, Rachel Lippman. Joining me in the studio today is... Jason Rosenbaum. And our guest this morning is... Rita Herr-Days. Uh, Miss Days is a candidate for the 1st Council District, which takes in most of North St. Louis County. She's also the current chair of the county council. And I know you've been on this show before, but just remind people very quickly, you've held a lot of roles within local politics. Just remind people what some of those roles have been. Well, I started my political career on the Normandy School Board. I went from there to state representative where I uh, served seven years. I served uh, an unexpired term there, and then I served eight years in the Missouri Senate. So I've done a lot of work in this uh, public service arena. And at one point, if I remember correctly, too, you were the Democratic Elections Director in the county. I was. I did that for four years. And uh, boy, that's hard work. But uh, <laughs> it was good work. It was good work. More of an education kind of thing. So Yeah. And you, so you've seen a county from a lot of different angles, local, state, municipal, within the county administration. Correct. Correct. Why do you want a full four-year term for this job, which on its surface seems like a very uh, unattractive elected position? Well, if you look at most of them, uh, you you look at the things that I've done as a school board, you know, that's a non-paying position. Uh, but uh, but it's good work. It, it's w- work worthy of someone who is committed to that process. I am committed to this process. We still have a lot of work to be done. A lot of things need to happen in North County that were not happening. And so I think I need to continue on so that I can make sure that we follow through most of those things and, and get those things done. So that's why I'm running for the full four-year term because you know I, I am filling an unexpired term. Yes. So, that's correct. Yeah, right. for the, the late Hazel Yes, thank you. Why do you think you are the person to make things happen in the first district as opposed to your opponent, Mr. Terry Wilson? 
I think that my experience in dealing with a lot of issues, a lot of people, I think that gives me a heads up in this. As uh, you may not know, but I served in the majority in the Missouri House of Representatives, which, uh, you know, gives you a, a lot of freedom and a lot of opportunities to get things done. But in the Senate, which you have only 34 members, I was in the minority, but I was still able to work across party lines. I was still able to work with my colleagues and get some things done that needed to be done uh you know, for for my district. So I think that that in itself bodes well for for how we operate in this political sphere. You've had a really acrimonious relationship with St. Louis County Executive Sam Page. What do you think is the reasoning behind the disagreement between you two? Uh, County Executive Page really has not been supportive from day one. Uh, I remember in trying to seek the nomination, I asked for his support at that particular time. He declined. Uh, so when I, I got the nomination and was and successful uh, in being elected, uh, you know, again, I reached out. And, uh, you know, it just did not seem that that was something that he was willing to do. Uh, in my service, in, in all of those arenas that I have served, uh, you know, my reputation was that I, I got along with just about everybody. I don't think there's one person that can say I had an adversarial relationship within both Democrats, Republicans, Libertarian. I was always open to hearing what others had to say, working with them on those issues, and subsequently them working with me on my issues. So I'm, you know, I'm not sure what the rub is there, uh, but I, I have no issues with working with the county executive as long as he's open and honest in the communication that he has with us. If you are both reelected to your posts, are there things you'll continue to try or other steps to maybe try and reduce the friction and acrimony? Absolutely. And I think that uh, the fact that we meet uh, every week, the uh, the chair and the vice chair uh, meet with him once a week. I did that as uh, the first of my go around as the chair. Uh, of course, Mark Harder was the vice chair. He was not interested in meeting with him. So I did meet with him on, on uh, once a week. Uh, it was reported that we didn't talk. We didn't have conversations. I'm not not sure where that came from. But again, uh, meeting every week, discussing the agenda, looking at how we, um, what things we needed to move forward. And that was the purpose of that. So I've been open to a relationship. Um, I, I'm, I think it needs to go both ways, though. Where's the reluctance, do you think, on his side to have that relationship with you as you're expressing willingness, even if you don't always agree to work with him? Well, I think it started uh, when uh, I wanted to become the chair of the council and uh, he worked very hard against me as a matter of fact he and um, um, the other democratic members um, uh, sought to keep me out of the chair by have by hold a- absolutely an illegal process with having Rochelle Walton Gray to come and vote when clearly she was not elected she lost the race she should not have been allowed to vote I had to go to court in order to uh, to get that position so I, I think it's kind of been a rub since then I think even the, more of a rub since yeah. then yeah I, I think the reason that Rachel and I are are paying attention to this primary is the stakes are actually pretty high. Your opponent, Terry Wilson, has been endorsed by Sam Page. And if he is able to win, this four to three bipartisan opposition majority goes down to three to four. uh, Potentially. Potentially. I I understand Councilman Trachis kind of goes back and forth depending on the issue. But I know this is inside baseball, but that seems That's what this podcast. Is but for. I, that seems like really important for how the council is going to 
interact with the executive going forward. What do you think about that? The the uh, the communication I think is very key in this. The council really gets little you know communication, and I'm going to go just as recently as the report that came out from the Justice Services, and and that we, we did not get that report. And this was uh, the audit of this the jail, was the correct. audit of the jail, and this is something that's been on our radar for a long time. We've had two deaths recently in the last two or three weeks, and so we're trying to figure out what is actually happening there. And I think it's a responsibility of us to know that so that when constituents ask us, you know, we have answers for them. But but if you if you look at that in terms of how we got that, I, I requested that. I should not have had to request that. I requested that uh, yesterday. Doug Moore sent it to me, and then I sent it to the other council members. But just simple things like that should, should really be a no-brainer in trying to make sure that we do what is good and what is uh, 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 appropriate for a, a, a department that's really in trouble. I still feel that it is in trouble. Now, this is a curveball question because you've been a proud Democrat for, I guess, all of your entire life, correct? Correct. So if Sam Page wins the primary and he goes up against Shamed Dogan, are, would you consider endorsing Dogan for county executive? No, I would not. I would not do that. I am still a Democrat, and I feel that uh, we should we should stick together as best we can uh, in doing that. Um, and, and so that that's where it is. Let's start talking about some of the issues that have you know percolated in and around St. Louis County. And the first one I want to bring up is crime and public safety. And you speak about cooperation and fighting crime among some of the municipal police departments. What did you make of the effort in Jennings between the city of St. Louis and St. Louis County on those border neighborhoods there? I think it was called the Violent Crime Task Force. I remember that. I remember, though, distinctly that the mayor of Jennings, who is my opponent's mother, was not even uh, uh, contacted about that. She found out that through the newspaper or some other media. And I thought that was very disrespectful. If you're going to go into her community, it's her, uh, her, she's the mayor, and then you're going to do something like that, the minimum that you should do is inform her that this is something that we're looking at. This is something we're considering. What do you think about it? So I thought that was very disrespectful. I have not heard any any results to come out of that yet. Perhaps they did, but I have not been apprised of of how that worked. Uh, was it is it worth expanding? Uh, is there something else that we need to look at differently? But I, I think that uh, it, it bodes well for all of us to look at those kinds of things. But again, we need to have a plan of how we're going to address the criminal justice um, uh, in this area. And, and at this particular point, I don't think we have one. And so that is really something that I'm going to uh, look into uh, very, very strenuously after I'm reelected. Uh, you do know that we have a North County cooperative. They have come together and they, they are doing good work because you don't have all these jurisdictional lines. And I think that's that's key to how we address this. You know, if the criminals move from municipal to municipal, uh, you know, that that's not, they're not going to stop at the borderline because they feel that this is a different municipality. So I think that coming together, pulling the chiefs together, um, pulling the mayors together, which we, we basically do that already, but, but pulling them together and let's see how we can address this. Do we have hot spots that we need to address more than others? That That's my opinion. I'm not the professional. So I think we need to contact the professionals, pull them all together and figure out how we can pull together a plan that will actually work to address this crime. Do you believe that the sales tax for public safety, Proposition P, has worked as promised? 
I was not on the council at that time, but I do remember the the um, the PR campaign. The PR campaign was to put two officers in each car. That has not happened. It doesn't look like that is going to happen. So what is happening with the Proposition P money? Again, you know, we don't know. Uh, looking at, uh, you know, some areas that it could be uh, expended, uh, I, I just don't think that it's there. So I would, I would really like to take a deep dive. Couldn't you talk with the budget director about where Proposition P money is going? And hasn't there been, like, council meetings that have looked into this issue. I remember we talked about this issue in 2021, and I think one of your colleagues pushed back against the idea that there hasn't been a, a bigger look into this. And I think that that's, that's appropriate, that, yeah, it needs to be a deeper dive into that as to where these are going. And again, when you're looking at the issues of, of all that we're dealing with right now, you know, we're dealing with the pandemic, we're dealing with all these other issues, we're dealing with crime, we're dealing with the jail, we're dealing with the health department and the animal care and control. It's just not enough time to deal to dig deeply into into um, uh, all these issues. As a member of the council, you are in charge of approving members of the county's police board. Um, do you believe that the right people are on that board right now to best serve and set the policy for St. Louis County Police? I have not had any challenges with the police board. I think that um, for the most part, the issues that uh, I address um, have been have been addressed uh, to the extent that they can. But I do know that we don't control that. We simply uh, confirm and basically these are people that the county executive um, has put forth for us to confirm. We've not had any major issues with, with rejecting any of those. So as far as uh, and it goes right now, I'm okay with the current board. I believe there's at least one, possibly two vacancies on that board. What do you want to see in candidates that are put forward by whoever is the next county executive, whether it's the incumbent or someone else? Well, I'd like to see someone a, a little more attuned to how we move aggressively in addressing um, public safety. Now, I don't know if that means uh, someone... I don't know if an, uh, another attorney is appropriate for that, maybe an attorney that specifically deals with uh, criminal, uh, and, and I'm not sure what Mr., uh, I think Banks, he's an attorney. I think Ms. Schwering is an attorney, but I'm not sure if they actually deal, you know, in the criminal justice system as we have that. And so it would, you know, I think a, a layperson, uh, perhaps much as how they do the, um, the uh, advisory board of justice services, someone on those th that that caliber of person that really doesn't have necessarily a vested interest in any of that, but can remain pretty neutral on how those things are done, because basically what they do uh, is um, is hire the chief. And uh, and I think that's a critical, critical position. So one of the other issues that you mentioned the county really needing to deal with is the pandemic. It's still ongoing, and that has been a source of a lot of friction at the St. Louis County Council. What were some of the reasons you were opposed to the various iterations of county mask mandates? I don't think you believe they don't work. There's obviously something else or that masks don't work. There's obviously something else going on here. No, I wore my mask. I encouraged uh, my family and everyone who was there to wear their mask. But I also believed in, in the vaccines. And uh, that was not pushed as much in my community as I thought it should be. But the first thing is that there, the Missouri has passed a state law indicating how um, um, 
health mandates, if you will, are to be enacted. And we did not follow that. We did not follow that for the first two iterations of that. Um, and so having conversations with the county executive, and I said, you know, these are going to be illegal uh, and we need to go about it and do it the appropriate way so you don't have to have lawsuits. Uh, not many people know that we tried twice. We were we went to litigation twice. We lost twice because the, the judge said with, with a mandate, you must have some kind of penalty with that. And I said, we don't have enough bandwidth for our police officers right now. We don't want them going around um, uh, arresting people because they do not wear uh, a mask. So uh, the third time uh, the county executive came to the council, uh, explained to us what we was going, he met the threshold of the state law. And after that, we passed that. So we could have done that, you know, many, many months earlier. uh, But again, the resistance was there. And uh, I'm, I'm not there to Um, not obey state law. I'm there to uh, appropriately uh, assess state law, do what I need to do, and follow state law. I got to ask this question, okay, because I think that there are valid criticisms of an unenforced mass mandate, but it also prompted public comments at these meetings, which were frankly outrageous and inappropriate. And there were also, like, some people that were spewing, like, vicious anti-Semitic hatred at these things. And as chair, and we've talked about this before, and I understand the idea that people are allowed to say things in public forums which are stupid and wrong because of free speech, but did you do a good enough job of controlling this uncontrolled amount of misinformation and nonsense that was coming from the the public? To the point where I think it got taken off of YouTube a couple of times. Yeah. It 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 was it did was taken off of YouTube and uh, I, I believe that uh, I will tell you that when you know the speaker spoke that I was I was kind of taken aback you know by the uh, forwardness that that uh, that that person spoke with that um, and after it was said it was you could not put the genie back in the bottle it was already said uh, I think that uh, the appropriate sentiments were expressed after that that was not appropriate and I did say that uh, but it was it was really a shock factor that you know you would come there people say all the time things about you know black people and uh, I'm kind of you know supposed to sit there and take that so uh, and I do I I, uh, because again I'm sometimes accused of being too sensitive in terms of race issues and so but I do think it was very inappropriate for that to happen Uh, I think I handled it the best I could given the circumstances that it were Uh, everyone is allowed that that three minutes of whatever they call fame that specific remark aside is Is there any responsibility? Yes, free speech is free speech, but to ensure that there's factual information coming out in these public forums. Well, of course, public forums are not a give and take from the council members. It would have been good if someone who did not uh, espouse that uh, to come forward and say, but we had no responses from anyone else about that. Uh, That was disheartening because if you felt that that was outrageous, let someone come forward and correct the record, why it was offensive, what do you think should have been said, and how you think it would have been said. How How would you have been able to address that? differently. But that did not happen. A lot of people have mentioned that the environment was created where they didn't want to show up because no masks. 
They knew they were going to get booed, yelled at, etc. by members of the audience because they were speaking in support of mask mandates. Did an environment get set up where there wasn't a space for people to push back on incorrect statements about mask mandates, vaccines, etc. because of the vitriol from opposition to the mandates? If you will recall, we had quite a few virtual meetings where people could have come. They had the safety of their own homes that they could have come on, signed up, and been able to speak about whatever it was that they wanted to speak about. That did not happen either. So I was very disappointed in that, that you did not feel that it was egregious enough for you to come forward and correct the record. And we'll be right back after this quick break. And we're back on Politically Speaking with St. Louis County Council Chairwoman Rita Days. And I think the county's got, what, about $70 left in American Rescue Plan Act to be distributed? It's probably going to be less than that because we have not factored in what we have to continue to pay in terms of legal fees, uh, our compliance people. And so it's probably going to be less than that at this particular point. So whatever pot of money is still left, it's in about the $70 million range, less because of these compliance, et cetera. What is your priority for distributing the rest of that money? Wow, that's a that's a, that's a big ask because we have over three hundred and million dollars in ask right now, and I really want to want to go probably look into the business aspect of this. We have. Um, as well as mental health. We did the survey, and mental health came out on top, but nothing has come forward to address the mental health issues uh, uh, that, that we face with because of COVID. We have other things, uh, you know, early childhood, and, you know, now they wanted to do that uh, to pay for, you know, transportation for abortions. Uh, you know, a lot of things have come forward in that, but I think we should go with what the people have asked us. We ask for a survey. We ask you to tell us what you thought the priorities were and I think that we should we should uh, we should yield toward that are you looking at one-time spending of this or setting up new programs and if you do want to set up some new programs how do you fund it going forward knowing what the county's budget looks like I have adamantly been opposed to anything uh, that would last past the COVID monies. When we initially got this money, that was my, you know, everybody kind of knew exactly what I was going to say when I said, these are one-time monies. We need to spend these on one-time projects so that we can do this, make whatever the situation better, and move on. But uh, a lot of people came with wanting to add more staff. I continue to say, people, these are one-time expenditures. What are you going to do when ARPA funds run out. And so, you know, a couple of departments, oh, well, we'll just fire all these people. And I said, that's not fair. It's not really fair to hire people. Well, they'll be hired knowing that they won't have a job after this. I said, you know, I I don't like that way of doing business at all. I just don't think that was appropriate. So I would be more, I am inclined, not more inclined, but I'm inclined to do a, a project, for instance, Jamestown Mall. You know, once that's destroyed, demolished, whatever it was, I want to say destroyed, because it's such an eyesore. Uh, once that is is done, it's over. You spent the money and it's done. Did, so, did you vote though for the additional money for prosecutors? Which I think the the opponents have said that that money will run out, and those 
attorneys could be fired by the time that money runs out. I was told by the prosecuting attorney that he was looking into other pots of money to continue to uh, keep those people there. So that's going to be left up to him to do that. Uh, but we do know that that money will be gone. And, uh, and so he, it will be left up to him to figure out how he's going to handle his budget going forward. You said you ultimately regretted your vote to give the county executive control over the first tranche of COVID federal relief, the CARES Act. What led you to change your mind on that position? Well, the monies that were supposed to come to North County did not come to North County. The testing did not come to North County. It was supposed to come to North County. The vaccinations, those kinds of things that my people were in need of, the outreach to my community. Uh, it started out with go to the website. Uh, I continue to say you know, everybody doesn't have uh, access to a computer, so how do you get your seniors involved in that process? How would they find out about these things? Uh, very early on, Councilwoman Webb and I did um, a video of sort, you know, with how do you contact the health department and we included phone numbers. I don't know if they ran that or not. I don't know where it was run. It might have been run on on uh, Facebook or something, which meant, you know, you're, you're defeating the doesn't purpose. Doesn't solve the problem. It does not solve the problem. So um, after so many things went down that, you know, really uh, did not happen with North County, you know, I started to look at that again and said, you know, you're not you're not keeping your word here. Uh, the first iteration of tests came from Affinia. Uh, at North Oaks, which is where I got my first test. Uh, the health department, we have two two facilities in the first district, and uh, and the one in uh, Johnson C. Murphy, John C. Murphy was the last one to go online with, with doing the testing uh, for North County. That that's, that was not acceptable. So, you know, uh, you, you kind of fool me once and tell me these things are going to happen, but it did not, and uh, so I had to, I had to change directions. I, I, I think during this time, there was a council committee that was headed up by Councilwoman Kelly Dunaway that was looking at the spending of this money. If you're saying that the money wasn't going to North County, why wasn't that committee the venue to make sure that things were on track? And I also would also imagine that County Executive Page would say that they, there was a presence in North County with COVID, too. The information that came to that committee was after the fact. Uh, the monies were spent, and then they came and said, this is what we did. And so that was not the way I envisioned that committee as working because I, sum I supported the committee process. Come to the committee, we go through a filter, we look at what you are anticipating spending, but it did not happen that way. And so we were sort of like, a, um, I guess, a pass-through, if you will. Uh, after the fact, you told us that what, what was spent and how it was spent, and so there it was. Uh, in terms of... Um, uh, looking at other issues that I, I thought that we failed in terms of, of a North County was a small business program. My district got less money uh, than, let's just say, the 5th District or other districts. And uh, we, I had a lot of small businesses to go under because they could not get that. The the um, the process was very cumbersome. Uh, they did not have a lot of help in, in completing that. A lot of these businesses were mom-and-pop operations, and they did not have uh, the time or the bandwidth to spend hours on filling out these kinds of applications. The same thing happened with the daycare situation. It was very an onerous process, and so a lot of people 
said, you know what, I don't, I don't really have the time to go through that. And so they just, they just fell off. But, but I think that the money could have, and by the way, we still have not had an audit on how the CARES Act money was spent. We are still looking at how uh, that I understand that quite a bit of money was rolled over into general revenue. Uh, again, bits and pieces come to us. Uh, bits and pieces come to me. Let me just speak in my eye voice. Uh, come to me as to how that uh, that's spent. And so if you're looking at expending money on different things, perhaps we could go back and look at some of that money that went into general revenue. But you have to have good communication. You have to have good information in order to make those kinds of decisions. Should ARPA be used to plug budget holes? We've already done that to the tune of $84 million. So we put uh, some of that ARPA money, which meant that, and a lot of people think that, um, you know, that could have gone to some different projects and things that um, that really are needed in order to, um, in order to help folks get through this COVID uh, situation. Uh, when you plug, plug the budget for this year, what happens to the next? What happens when ARPA money runs out? But that has been um, uh, the focus of, I think, the administration that we need more money to plug the budget. Before we go to the vaunted lightning round, um, there is another pot of money that's being discussed kind of obliquely right now, and that's the RAM settlement. Um, do you think that St. Louis County should get an equal share of that money when they refuse to participate in the Riverfront Stadium in 2015? Well, I, I think that to the extent some of our, um, not necessarily county did, but uh, when, when people put their money in taxes, the taxes went for some of that as well. And I do think that we are we are owed some portion of that. What the proportion should be, I'm not really sure about that, but I do think that, the, you know, we're, we're owed some in that. Uh, we have participated uh, initially with the Dome, with the whole CVC. We, we've contributed to that, and you will know that we just sent a hundred and, I believe it was $2 million down, you know, for the expansion. Mm-hmm. So we have some skin in that game as well, and so I do think that we, uh, we should reap some of the some of the windfall uh, from the ram yes regardless of what amount of money you do get where should this unrestricted unlimited as far as we know we don't know exactly what the terms may be as to how this money should be spent where would you want to see that pot of money go given that there are fewer limits on it than arpa mm-hmm. Uh, initially, when I was looking at my uh, recreation center for the first council district, you know, I talked to several people. I said, well, you know, maybe we can get some of that money to, you know, fund this particular facility. But I, I do think that uh, that uh, we, we need to pull that money into St. Louis County to help some of the projects that we have. I mean, we, we're looking at it's a sports-related uh, kind of expenditure, but I'm not sure that we all need that in sports. But I do know that we have roads uh, that need a lot of help and, and bridges. We need some of our communities. But again, we're looking at some of the ARPA funds in terms of demolishing some of these uh, dilapidated homes that we should do. If we can't get that through ARPA, perhaps we can use some of the Rams money to do that. But we have some great needs uh, in, in St. Louis County, and I think that we should address those. Uh, look at the survey that we had. Some of those priorities we perhaps, uh, you know, go, um, go use that money toward. But it's very interesting that these 
you know, these uh, negotiations are handled in a vacuum. You know, there's no public uh, uh, output, if you will, no public interaction on how these are going. The same thing happened with the opioid. You know, we've settled that opioid uh, um, settlement, and we, we got some money from that. Um, but, you know, there was no public process, you know, to go through with that. And yet, you know, when we're talking ARPA funds, you know, everybody, oh, you don't want to do this in secret and, you know, that kind of thing. That's that, that that's not the case. But, you know, if you're going to do one and you're going to open it up for public comment or you're going to open up, uh, you know, the, the eyes of the public to see, you probably should have done on all of those. Given that there is no timeline on spending the RAM settlement, would you support creating an investment fund of some sort? You know, I think that's a good idea. I, I have not thought of that, but I think that, um, you know, well, given, you know, what the stocks are doing right now, we don't know how much money we can glean from that. Reasonable point. But you know what? But it, it won't be this way forever. And so uh, once we look at that and, you know, perhaps put it in some kind of a, a safety net or something like that to move forward, we could do that in tough times because we're going to be facing some tough times in the future. As long as the county doesn't put all of it into board apes nfts i think we'll be okay or bitcoin or bitcoin yeah oh no <laughs> that's interesting yeah. you know i mentioned I, that. I think i think jason's being sarcastic I'm being on this very one sarcastic. <laughs> well, you know, because i mentioned that when it first came out i mentioned that to my son-in-law he said no you do not want to get into that. Stay away from that. So I said, fine. Your, your son-in-law okay. is very smart. Yes. But let's yes, go yes. to the lightning round. And let's do the vaunted lightning round. Do you support the city of St. Louis joining St. Louis County as a municipality? If the citizens of St. Louis County and the citizens of, of St. Louis City decide that through a referendum, I support that. And that should be done locally, not statewide. Not statewide. Do you think members of the St. Louis County Council should be paid more than $20,000 they currently are? We have a commission on the ballot right now to determine that. I took this job not really knowing how much it paid, but because that's really never been an issue for me. Uh, but uh, we do put in a lot of hours. We do put in a lot. At least I put in a lot of hours. And uh, but I, I'm I'm. I'm okay with wherever it is. Uh, if the commission decides differently, they decide differently. But I did not take this position because of salary. If they don't boost salaries, don't make it a full-time position, what additional support should be given to help you guys manage the workload? I think we should have our own attorney. I think we should have someone that's dealing basically with policy to help us with legislation. Um, and, and I think that our current support, you know, is, is fine for an administrator. But I think we need a higher level of expertise when we looking at uh, the pros and cons of legislation, uh, the pitfalls that may happen, and guide us through that process. Should the St. Louis County Council eventually be expanded to include more members? I think seven is fine. I think even the city of St. Louis is ratcheting down from their 28, and they have uh, fewer people than we do. Uh, I think that the districts are along the lines of a Senate uh, district, so that's manageable. Do you think that St. Louis County should have a county manager similar to how municipalities have city managers to manage the day-to-day -day affairs of the county? Some municipalities have managers. All of them that do is not. True. And so <laughs> I don't think that there's there has been that much of a difference in how they operate. It could be the size of the muni that has, has that. But I think you, you have to have someone that's accountable to the people. The elected person is accountable to the people. They have to go to the people every year, every four years or whatever, and make their case as to why they should be there. So when you look at managers, they really are only accountable to... Uh, 
the elected person uh, that's there. So it's it's a give and take. I think in some instances it may work for some, uh, but if you have a strong leader, if you have a strong mayor, then I think that that's manageable. I'm getting a sense that your answer is no on that. Maybe. It's a maybe, depending (laughs) on how it's structured. It's maybe, depending on how it's structured. Yeah, let's do that one. For all of our stories on the first district race and the other issues on the August 2nd ballot, you can go to stlpr.org. I'm on Twitter at R. Lipman. Jason, where can people find you on social? Jay Rosenbaum. Uh, Councilwoman Day, where can people reach out to you and your campaign on all of the various social media platforms? Uh, R-I-T-A, Rita at RitaDays.com. Any social media where they can get you? We do have Twitter and uh, Facebook and those. I don't have that with me. It's it's at Ritaday's One. Ritaday's One. All right. Mm -hmm. Politically Speaking is a product of St. Louis Public Radio, a service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Until next time, so long. If you have a smart speaker, you have access to the entire world of NPR and St. Louis Public Radio. All the latest news and all the captivating stories. Activate our voices with yours by telling your smart speaker to play St. Louis Public Radio.